previously on Wild Endeavors. After discovering the fate of Arthamor, the Wayward Sons finally made it to Brightmoon, the fortress city of the Paladins of the Armalucius. There, our heroes were reunited with Wendell Gray, an old friend and former Cerulean son. While Wendell started tracking down information about a legendary Crucius that might be in the city, the Wayward Sons met Elief Kin and learned the fate of their friend, Theron Nilo. This is the story of the Wayward Sons, featuring Evan Chamberlain as the human cleric, Elliman Corster. Man, what's some inspiring words I could say? Shit. Nick Feely as Elven fighter, Aramil Galadinel. I'm not being mean about not caring, I'm just not caring. Adam Rogers as the gnome rogue, Malkin Kessel. What is going on? Why are we fighting? Amy Jostino as the Dwarven Barbarian, Therina Thunderhelm. Remember, I am raging, so come yes. at me, bro. Devin Salisbury as the Eldrin Wizard, Varys Leodon. Uh, not much I can do, so I'm just going to cast Fireball. And I'm Thomas Marsetti, DM and producer of These Are Wild Endeavors. In this episode, we use a homebrew system that tracks a large-scale battle with hundreds of combatants while keeping our heroes front and center. If you'd like to know more about the system, or we're just like a copy of the rule sheet, you can reach us at Wild Endeavors on Twitter or Instagram. We had a few recording issues with this episode, so please pardon the quality in the beginning. It does get better later in the episode, so we hope you stick with us. And now, episode 10, Siege of Wardshire. After you were reunited with your old friend Wendell and learned about Fen's death, you receive a message asking you to return to Brightmoon. The Dawnrose is still nearby outside the city, so it is not long before you are returned to the room that, where you were waiting yesterday. The room is only a little bit larger than the 12 person table in the center. Along three sides of the room, Spartan ass benches sit against the wall. The fourth wall is stone latticework that looks out onto a training yard. Yesterday, paladins were running drills there. For the time being, it is relatively quiet. You're not waiting too long before Wendell returns. He's a large, broad-shouldered man now. You, you, when you knew him, he was kind of lanky, kind of bookish. He's got wavy orange hair that's loosened down to his shoulders. He's wearing light plate, which is what a lot of paladins are wearing. He's got a white tabard, wearing a silver crescent moon. He says... You had asked about the King in Yellow, and were interested in the Yellow cultists in the area, were you not? Uh, yes, we were looking for them. Any good news? Yes, we can actually help you uh, with that right away, actually. Um, Adjudicator Asiliot Sicarius is somewhat of our resident expert on the Yellow, and he is prepping a raid on a location he believes to be a cultist hideout. He and his brigade are already gathering at Wardshire Keep, uh, just about a half a day's ride south of here. Would we be remiss if we assumed you would be interested in riding out to meet him and possibly take part in that sortie? I was going to say, I'm sure some extra hands would always be helpful. 
Oh, very good. Is that safe for me? <laughs> I don't know. Is Thorina asking that, or...? Thorina is wondering is that, if that's a good idea for her to go into that, to fight against them, and it potentially go terribly wrong. Let's do an Arcana check. Thirteen. I think given your one run-in with who you believe to be a yellow cultist, and that dwarf in the cascade who gave you the, the coin of the, with the king in yellow's mark on it, when you ran into the dwarf there, like it didn't really seem to do anything to you. There wasn't like just the, the presence of a cultist really didn't okay. do anything. Sweet. All right. Then I'm good. Wendell continues, he says, uh, normally we would not be able to procure you the means to ride with an adjudicator, um, but uh, apparently word of your deeds have made it all the way to the Praetor's ear. Actually, apparently just about a month ago, someone spoke to the Praetor directly about your heroic deeds. We were able to secure a writ of assistance for you. It is something you can show to our brothers to show that you're there to help them. Um, I'd also put the bursar's mind at ease that you won't be asking for compensation for any aid you render after the fact. Okay, cool. So he pulls out a, a scroll case and a, a piece of parchment he lays on the table. He just needs you guys to sign at the bottom, and it's, you know, the top it just says rate of assistance. Um, there's not a whole lot to it. It's like they kind of wrote it, especially for this instance. It's not like they have, like, a form just, like, laying around. And it's basically what Wendell said it would be, like, you... Yes, we find you. Yeah, you're not trying to fuck us over here. <laughs> so, Wendell... Yeah, Sorry? can we do, like, a check on it to see, okay. like... Oh, that's... Yeah, let's see. So we, is there any arcane presence on this note that we're signing, or, or pen we're using? Um, roll arcana. 29? <laughs> yes, there is a pretty simple enchantment on this. You would recognize it as something that, like, probably the Vitaria would use a lot. Um, basically, whatever's written on this piece of parchment is duplicated on another piece of parchment somewhere else, so... Uh, Basically, so like when you sign this thing, it's it's yours to keep, and they then also have like a copy of it for their records. There's like the yellow sheet and then the pink sheet and the white sheet, you know, they're all stacked like those. Right, but yeah, because it's magic, they don't have to be stacked. Like they're they're just over in somebody's drawer. (laughs) (laughs) Wendell then says, "While you are gone, we will continue to ask around about the Crucius. There is one archivist who we think can be of most help." but they appear to keep strange hours. The joke among the library guards is that the archivists rarely sleep for fear of missing a chance to read. And the only time they do sleep is when they pass out from exhaustion amid the library stacks. We are uh, fairly certain it's an exaggeration, but we can't rule out that we may have to end up walking the stacks looking for archivist Templeton asleep on the floor. Is there anything else uh, I could help you with at this time? I think that will do it for now, Wendell. I really do appreciate it. Very good. Um, so then he gives you some basic directions. Like, there is there is kind of like a rough road that leads south from Brightmoon to Paragon. And um, Winshire Keep is kind of like right on the edge of the city. So, it's like, if you follow that road, it's you're, you're not going to get lost. And then once you get close to Paragon, it's the Keep is one of the only buildings that are still standing in that part of the city, so it's very hard to miss. 
So it's still fairly early in the morning. If there's anything else that you all want to do in the city, or if you want to just kind of hit the road. Oh, yeah, I wanted to go and see um, Jason Brightburn's place. So as you are all walking through the streets and kind of between the buildings or even through the hallways, um, Elliman, you actually you realize that the, the paladin at the gate um, when you first came in was right and that people here recognize your holy seals um, and kind of recognize that you are, you know, of the faith, not necessarily even, you know, it doesn't matter that you're not necessarily of their faith, but, like, they recognize you kind of as a holy man, um, mm-hmm. as a paladin in your own right. Um, and so you get nods uh, from other paladins, you get a few salutes from people. There's um, very much a sense of respect given to you. Um, and it kind of seems like really it was only that one dragonborn who was openly giving you shit for not being, you know, a paladin of a larger order. Yeah, because Citus's order is pretty small, to my knowledge. I think that m- most, like, paladins that are, like, devoted to a god, like, if they're kind of just, like, within that order, those are pretty small. But there are a couple of paladins. Like, this one um, has about a dozen gods that are that are served mm-hmm. by the order. So they have, the just have more numbers. So you're directed to a large, kind of, like, pantheon-shaped building west of the, the center of Bright Moon. And the, the building is basically, the whole thing is this, this tomb to Jason Brightlight, one of the legendary champions. And as you enter through the large, double, dark oak doors, you enter into a round room. It is ringed with statues of paladins, very expertly carved, and I think, um, like, Thornia would, re- would recognize this, probably dwarven stonework. There are just dozens of statues of paladins circling the entire room. Um, they are carved to represent all races. So you can see some that are, you know, of the size and shape of dwarves. And there's, you know, some halflings. There's even some, uh, like, Githyanki, which you recognize from having just fought them in the Feywild. And then on their tabards are the emblems of all the good-aligned gods that the Armalusius serves, and those emblems are also carved into the walls behind all these paladin statues. The room is kind of a strange mix of pragmatism and splendor. Brightwood itself is very, very kind of Spartan. It's a military-type fortress city. Um, So here in in this room, you have places where the stone has been carved and then kind of like simply left that way. It's like unpolished. It's just, it is what it is and it, it does what it needs to do. But then that unpolished stone is right next to a carving that has been filled in with platinum inlay. And so the effect is that this place is very opulent um, and palatial without actually feeling like it doesn't belong among the rest of the, the city. And the inlay into the floor of the room is a massive 50-foot version of the symbol of the Armalusius. Um, it's a circular shield with the emblems of the good line gods carved around the edge. And crossing behind the shield horizontally is a bright white sword. At the top of the shield, um, like where a person's head would be if they were holding it, is a stone sarcophagus, um, the walls of which are carved to look like hundreds of swords raised in salute and the lid is carved to look like an armored figure laying in repose. Behind the sarcophagus are nine more statues. Given where you are, it's not hard to tell that these are to be the rest of the legendary champions. They were the original wielders of the Crucius that you now seek. They used the Crucius to defeat the heralds of the Devourer, thus keeping the Elder God from awakening and devouring this world. 
It's your understanding that in an attempt to contain the destruction wrought during the war, the Geshe created the Shroud to keep Arya sequestered from the rest of the world. And now, more than 3,000 years later, you're trying to bring that Shroud down. Of particular note to you are the statues of Elglirion and Vanguin. Um, Elglirion, you recognize, of course, but he looks much younger, much like an elf should in this statue. And somehow, even though this version is actually carved from stone, it, like, it somehow still looks softer than the real Elglirion. Sanguine, also again, kind of, you recognize her, but she looks just very different. Both of her eyes are there. They look energetic. She looks focused. She looks ready to spring into action. Also, this Sanguine is not, like, swaying, so there's that. But, um, but it does make you look, or it does make you wonder, as you look at the other champions, like, how much different would they actually look in real life? And did the years erode? Aglarion and Penguin that much? Or did a millennia of hero worship kind of erode the reality of these heroes and their flaws in the minds of the people? I reflect on this, yes. <laughs> um, I also, you know, reflect in my mind to how great of an evil it must have been to bring these people together and what kind of danger this world was in then to bring these brave souls together then and what kind of sacrifice they made as well. I'm going to reflect all on that. I don't care. Okay. Wow. Is um, there a particular reason? No, I think I just, like I kind of mentioned previously, that Aramil's sort of not getting caught up in, like, the sidetracked stuff anymore, kind of getting a little impatient about getting to where we need to go. I'm not being mean about not caring. I'm just not caring. Sure. Okay. Sure. Uh, yeah. Now, the way you described this, what a sarcophagus is, is this, it is, like, reachable, correct? Like, I could go up to it? Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. I want to go up to it then. Once I get close to it, I'll, um, kind of give it a good old once-over and, um, it's not, like, guarded off by anything, is it? No. Okay, so I'll go over there and I'll place my hand on top of it. Well, who did he serve? Like, God-wise. He served... Lathander, the god of birth, renewal, and light. Okay. While I'm, like, kind of touching the sarcophagus, I'm just going to whisper to myself, the sacrifice you made was great, and I hope that we won't let you down, and we won't let this world be consumed by the thing that you sacrificed yourself for. And then I, I whisper another prayer to Tempest for guidance. I turn back to my group, and I just nod and I go, all right, let's go. I just take note of it all. All right. You make your way out of the tomb and back out into the streets of Brightmoon, out, back out through the front gates. On your way out, so it's about half a day's ride if you were to go on horseback. You don't actually have horses at the moment. If you want them, you probably procure some, or you could take the airship. What do you guys want to... Uh, we'll ride in style. We'll take the airship. <laughs> okay. Is it, is it safer for the airship, do we know? Is it like in a forest area? No, it'd be, like, right outside of the ruins of Paragon. I think what you guys know of that, it's not the safest place. Like, the the Armalusha's, like, their whole purpose, basically, is to patrol Paragon and make sure that none of the the evil things that are coming out of the city actually get all the way out. Okay. It's not the safest place to park your airship, but... I'll have them circle and uh, do some aerial reconnaissance. You could do that. 
yeah, that'll probably be best. But yeah, I guess that you could also do that. You could have them drop you off and, like, use a sending to or message to have them come back when you guys are ready. Yeah, that's what I was going to do. Okay. You could also just get us there if we need to. Like, you have many it. options. Exciting. Okay. We could also, like, just kill all the crew members, because that's, that's what we did before. <laughs> you know, if we yeah. wanted to. Yeah, I mean, you, do have, we, you do have more crew now. Do we need them? I mean... We didn't kill them all, just, like, eight of them. Different. All eight of them. Okay. All eight of them. Um, so then you make your way to Paragon via the, the airship. From that vantage, you get a very good look at the city. It's the first time any of you have seen it. If Paragon still stood, if it still existed, it would easily be the largest city in Aria. When it was at its height, people flocked from all over because it was safe and the people there were good. And the Order of the Light, which maintained the Citadel at the heart of the city, kept the city free of sickness or injury or crime. Um, people and industries and culture flourished in Paragon. That ended when Ishin, the betrayer, opened a portal in the citadel and let the demons right into the heart of the city. So now a great wall still surrounds the city, but now millennia later, like entire sections have fallen down. Uh, parts of it you see are kind of just have been just swallowed by the earth. And uh, in other places, there are just large chunks missing. So even if you were coming at it from the ground, you could get a pretty good look at the city through all these holes in the walls. Big swaths of the city are just completely ruins, but a number, um, way more buildings than you would suspect, um, are still standing and for the most part seem like untouched, other than that they now are kind of wrapped in shadows. There is kind of like some dark clouds that hang over the city, even though it's a pretty clear day elsewhere. And as you as you go on close, you can see like a lot of um, black and twisted plants with like large purple thorns or crimson smaws have grown up through sections of the cobblestone streets or are like flowing forth out of like the windows of some of the buildings. And it's just everything is just a little bit darker in Paragon. Can I get um, each of you to make a wisdom saving throw? Twenty eight for a mouth. Seventeen. Aramil got a four, but I'm gonna use the indomitable. Okay. So it is an eleven. Eleven. Okay. So Warshire Keep stands near the edge of the city. Um, it was likely part of the, the massive fortifications that surrounded the city back in at its peak. Now, though, like, the buildings have been cleared around the keep for several hundred feet in every direction, giving it, combined with its kind of its place atop of this small hill, gives it an excellent vantage point um, for this section of the city and the surrounding area. The keep itself is pretty, it's pretty squat and robust. It's, there's, it's a series of four, like, 50-foot towers um, connected by 20-foot walls in a roughly square shape. You can come in the way you are, you can see kind of inside there is just enough room for a barracks and what looks to be like a small forge. Kind of the size that you would expect like for maintenance or crafting like the occasional um, piece of armor or weapon. It's certainly not the type of armory you would need to sustain an army. As you are like set down kind of just outside the keep, Um, one of the guards walking around the top of the wall shouts down and, By the light, 
Who goes there? We're Cerulean sons. We've come to help. She brushes a couple of wisps of red hair that kind of made their way up made their way loose of one of her thick dwarven braids. By the gods you got here fast. We only just sent Kaelin with the request. Any chance there's more coming? Um, so far it's just us. And she motions down to something inside the keep and uh, the doors begin to like slowly creak open. As you make your way into the keep, you can see that there are armored figures moving around to and fro with like with speed and purpose. Um, and you all know, you've all been in a number of fights, you've all been in a number of, like, um, armed conflicts of larger scale. These folks are getting ready for a, an attack or a fight. Once inside, you're led to the barracks, where a bunch of the beds have been shifted to, like, a, like pushed against the wall to make room for a large table. As you are being brought up to the table, there's a group of paladins that are standing around, like, looking at something on the table, and they're, they're, they're talking, and then they all kind of seem to be agreeing about something, and four of the five leave to go carry out some order or something else. Um, and that just leaves just one figure at the table looking at a map uh, of the immediate area. The beady eyes of this Kenku twinkle as it studies the map. Its tabard bears the, the coin of Timora, and its custom chainmail is cinched in dozens of places by a plethora of straps and buckles. As you approach, the Kanku looks up, um, bobs its head, um, either in a nod or just kind of like as a throwback to its avian roots, and it says, Redoubt, Captain, Chopper Bulwark. Bright Moon sending more? Not 100% certain. More Cerulean Suns, we are here to aid in any way possible. I am Elvin Corsair, and these are my companions, and I introduce them. Chopper said, like, kind of does that, that little head bob again, and says, Scout found undead horde. Bringing them here. Could use more swords and arms. Therina leans over to Malkin and is like, are these real Kenku or are these fake Kenku? I think it's Elvin. I have to say, um, if you're seeing Kenku, then they're real Kenku. Because that's what I was doing. I'll, like, walk up closer and I'll say, so what's the plan of attack here? With this, this is a very broken comment that he's speaking, mm-hmm. and it shows you the map, showing that, like, essentially from deeper within the city, the scouts that are out in the field are going to try to lead this horde up to the front of the keep so that they can break the horde and, like, kill them before they get out of the city. And so they're going to defend the walls. Okay. Uh, where do you need us? He basically indicates that um, if you guys kind of want to, like, his his people know what to do. They, you know, they've done something like this before. Basically, you seem to know what you're doing. If you want to just kind of float and help out where you can, we can use the extra, the extra swords, the extra arms, the extra whatever you can offer. Now, the undead is, this is a very common thing that's here, right? He says one of them. Okay. Because, I, honestly, I'm, I'm just a little confused. I thought we were here for cultists. The Enkindler is here for cultists. Warshire is here for anything. Okay, um, who's the Enkindler? Sicarius. The, the guy that you're, you're supposed to be meeting up with. Okay, where can I find him at, then? Uh, he indicates the probably on the wall with, uh, with the rest of the troops. Okay, well, we'll, uh, again, help in any way we can. I'll just nod my head, and uh, I'll start... Go and try to find this guy. As you are 
exiting the, the barracks, you hear a, a horn sounding from outside the keep. You are making your way up to the walls anyway, uh, so if you continue that way, um, there are a number of armored bright moon troops all around the upper walls. The, the four towers all have like nests of archers up there. And then you can see scattered um, about the ring of the walls, there are seven paladins, um, also from, from Bright Moon, kind of scattered about. And pretty much everybody is watching a rider on a horse charging across the field toward the keep. Um, she's wearing light plate and a white tabard flats out behind her, and she's kind of she's shouting, let's roll initiative. Wait, with my new bow, I get advantage on every initiative roll. Right? Mm-hmm. I got a 20. And a 19. Uh, 15 from Malcolm. 13. A gentleman date. I don't know how quickly I can act beforehand. There's, a, there's enough time, like, with the horde still coming across the field um, for you guys to, like, you, you'll be able to tell me, like, where you want to be and then um, anything else you wanted to do to prepare, so. I'm going to go um, in the southeast tower corner. I want to be on the south wall. For those of you who can't see our little map, that is basically dead center and where the horde is going to be coming. I'll take the west wing, I mean the west wall. (laughs) (laughs) That one's in kind of two sections. The diagonal one, which is closer to where the horde is going to be initially, and then the straight section, which is a little bit farther back. Which section do you want to be on? I'll take the straight. All right. I'll take the I'll take the south wall. Directly across from Barris, but at the top. Even those of you on the kind of the side walls, there the, the zombies are coming from the south. You can all see them spilling across the ruined buildings um, through wide open spaces where the city is simply no more, and down the remains of a large boulevard. Um, They are lurching and shuddering a mass of slimy, rotting, and gurgling humanoids. Most of them are clearly undead. You can see the big chunks missing from their bodies, vital pieces that are no longer there, jaw bones hanging by a couple tendons, things like that. Um, In life, these things would have had the stature of a pretty short human or a pretty tall dwarf. They have a hunchback-type posture with thrusting forward their fish-like faces. Eyes the size of grapefruits bulge out over the top of very wide mouths filled with razor-sharp teeth. Thin like swooshes of scaly skin uh, run down down their backs and their hands and feet are horribly webbed and clawed affairs. Even in death, a number of them carry short spears with long blades that look like they would be excellent for throwing, and they also have nets, which look like they'd be excellent for trapping prey either in the water or on land. And hundreds of them are scrambling, making their way directly toward Warshire. They seem to be driven by some unseen force. Uh, against this is you and the warriors of the Armalucius. Um, all of them are silent, standing at battle stations, weapons and shields at the ready. Um, atop the wall, right above the gate, so right between Elliman and 
Thorina, a figure and half-plate, several um, stoles bearing the platinum dragon of Bahamut, turns back toward the center of the keep and raises his glaive, and the blade begins to shine with a bright white light. shouts, For the Lord of the North Wind! And around the keep, six more weapons are raised, and they begin to shine with that bright white light as well. And then all the warriors in the keep shout back, For the Justice Maker! And the man who started this shouts again, Let Bahamut's fire burn them all. And then he turns back to the approaching horde, and the rest of the warriors shout, We are the fire! And then what is kind of the front of the horde is within range of the castle's defenses. So Aramil is going to lead us off. Remember, you are standing with a group of soldiers on the wall. What would you like to do? I'm going to direct their fire using my dexterity modifier for ranged attacks. Okay, so first we're going to roll to see how effective you are at kind of leading this little group of soldiers. 14. Okay, and now roll the d6s for the soldiers. Six. So you got a couple leadership points from your roll earlier, if you wanted to use them now. I will go on the offense and use them now. Okay. Okay, yeah, I have two threes, so I'll use one point each to bump those up to a four. Okay. The undead are going to try to save. They only made two. So we see Aramil stepping up to the front of this group of Bright Moon soldiers and shouting a couple commands, and then as one, they lose their first volley. Under the hail of arrows, six of the zombies go down and are trampled by their companions as they appear to be almost instantly replaced by some of the horde from behind them. There's a lot of them, guys. <laughs> Next are the zombies. They surge forward, some of the horde finally being able to get up to the walls of the castle, um, even being able to get into a position where they can start attacking some of the soldiers in the keep. Just because of their sheer numbers, the zombies with my point. Yes, good catch. You can use your last leadership point to save one of them. I saved one, guys. How many soldiers are we fighting with? However many are here. So it was... Nice. <laughs> it was a hundred, right? It was a hundred. You're down about ten. Oh boy. Um, so that's the undead turn. We're losing this fight. <laughs> uh, Thorina. Um, I'm going to be raging. Then I'm going to start off with Thunderwave. Uh, okay, go ahead and roll damage on that. I'm 19. You thrust Baharoth forward, and thunder roars from the ancient Crucius. The shockwave just obliterates every zombie that it hits. For just a moment, the 15 feet in front of you is completely clear of zombies. Cool. You got this. So, Malcolm, you are up. I would like to... Direct their fire. Okay. With a range attack. I want them pointing and just wanting them to shoot towards the ones that are east. Okay. Go ahead and roll for your leadership. 16. So that is 6 leadership. Go ahead and roll for the soldiers with you. Just 2. 
Uh, well, unfortunately, both the undead who are hit with that saved on their armor. Cool. Varus, you are up. So I'm just going to cast Fireball. That will count as a wade into the fight, so go ahead and roll the damage on that. 34. Elder Starlight flares around you and then shoots forward as your fireball goes crashing down into the zombies. It's hard to tell for sure in the fiery chaos that ensues, but you're pretty sure that at least 15 of the zombies perished in that and that many more were injured. And then, like a fiery wound healing in like a time-lapse video, we see as the horde eventually like fills back in that hole that Varys cleared. Element. I'm gonna wade into the fight. Okay. And I'm gonna use my channel divinity to destroy undead. Okay. The red light of Tempest kind of swells within you, Element. And then you see it mirrored in the eyes of about 15 of the zombies coming in your direction. The light in their eyes flares and then they collapse. Their bodies almost seem to liquefy when they hit the ground. Nice. Uh, bonus action, I want to use Solitergy to say some things, if that's okay. Say all the things. I'll say all the things. Uh, I'll, I'm going to be yelling this. I'm not going to yell it. I'll, uh, I'll say, um, with Tempest Guidance, we cannot be defeated and we shall know no fear. The Definitely the troops around you. Here's some other from, like, behind you as well. Shout out. Tempest, thanks you. Yes. And then I'll yell it back to them. Okay. Back at the top, everything is okay inside the keep, so we are to air mode. I'm gonna, I'm gonna direct their fire using my dexterity again. Okay. So I only got a ten. Ten's enough to, to add three. So okay. you still have all kind of your your archers. So go ahead and roll ten d six. Five of them were of a four of them. Okay, they are going to try to save. They do not, so that will wipe out that group. The one that they kind of raining death on. And now the adjacent zombie clusters are going to retaliate. So these waves of zombies are clawing their way up the wall to swipe and claw at the soldiers. Some of the zombies are throwing spears from the ground. They are not very accurate, but there are so many of them that they don't really need to be. Uh, so that is 17 hits on the soldiers. Go ahead and roll their save for them. 12. And I assume you saved your leadership points to use here, right? Yeah. You are essentially saving three people's lives, so tell me a little bit about what that looks like. Yeah, I think using my new bow skill, where I can like kind of deflect projectiles, yes. I just use some like, like sweet like flips, and I'm spinning the bow like those guys that stand outside the doors and spin the signs. I'm just doing like all these sweet maneuvers with it, and I end up blocking three of the spears. So only two of the bright blue soldiers get taken down in that. So there are still eight up there on that part of the wall with you. Next up is Snarina. You've still got a little bit of that clearing in front of you from the Thunder Wave, though it is filling up fast. You can also see that a couple of the clusters are piling up against the gates and just kind of slamming and beating against it. And they would be within your effective range. That's kind of right below you. 
I'll do that. Can I direct them to attack? Absolutely. Roll plus strength. 23. That'll give you 10 leadership points. Go ahead and roll the d6s for the soldiers. So six. So I guess add the nine to this. How many does that boost up to a full hit? All of them. Okay, ten hits. Only two of them will save, which means that under your direction, the troops above the gate clear out a significant number of zombies and give themselves a little bit of breathing room. The remaining zombies there retaliate. Their, for the moment, dramatically thinned ranks only land two hits. So go ahead and roll the soldiers' saves for that. Five and three. So both save. Woohoo! Malkin. The zombies are crushing forward, moving along the side of the wall of the castle. They're not quite to the point where it looks like they might be moving around the corner to surround the entire keep, but you also know that there are a lot more coming. Malkin wants to rally the troops. Give me a, a little taste of that. It can be very broad strokes if you want. It doesn't have to be a specific speech or something. I assume the troops are a lot bigger than me, so it might be kind of like a Napoleon-type thing going on here, but I'd be probably Napoleon running... Napoleon actually wasn't that short. That's fine. I'd be running, like, uh, back in... And, uh, thanks, Thomas. Uh, back in forth on the wall. And I'm going to be holding my fan run, so my sweet sword. Mm-hmm. Just shouting, like... I'd be shouting like, kill these undead motherfuckers. Nice roll to inspire them. Alright, so actually Malkin tripped and fell. And I rolled the button six, so that didn't work out so well. Well, luckily for your pride, I think for the most part, the soldiers didn't really even notice. They are busy fighting the zombies that are climbing over the wall. But you do get at least one soldier who's like pushing a zombie back with a shield and takes a moment to look over her shoulder at you. And she gives you a look that says, like, gee, thanks. I can never would have thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and roll their attack. Four of those are higher than four. Four hits. Zero zombie saves. That finishes off that cluster. The remaining zombies are going to retaliate. That is 13 hits, so roll the saves for the soldiers. That is so many sixes, dude. All but three of them save. So three more soldiers from Bright Moon fall as the zombies surge forward. That leaves just three other soldiers up there on that section of the wall with you, Malkin. Just some food for thought for everybody. If all the soldiers on the section of the wall are wiped out, then the zombies will start damaging that section of wall. And I don't know if you've ever seen any zombie movies, but generally you don't want them to break down your walls. Just in general. So, at various points around the walls, we see flashes of divine light from the seven paladins. A few of them are smiting into clusters of zombies. Their weapons glow with holy might. And they fell multiple zombies with each swing. That's essentially five fewer zombies from the northwest wall, the southeast wall, and the gate area. And the rest of the paladins are healing some of the injured, so they bring four soldiers back into the fight for you. So 
paladins are mostly going to be doing that on each of their turns. So I'm going to be healing soldiers and removing zombies from some of the sections that where you are not stationed, just to kind of bolster the ranks there. Because there is less action there, because that's not where we're focused, that's not where our heroes are, but there is still some fighting happening over there, in the, kind of in the background that I'm keeping track of. If at any point you want to change that, just let me know. Varus, you're up. Are these, like, all, like, zombies, or is it, like, a mix of, like, skeletons or anything else? They're in varying states of decay, but it seems like it's, they're reanimated corpses of these fish people. So oh. some of them are closer to being skeletons. Some of them look like they are not dead, uh, other than that they're just kind of, like, staggering and blubbering. Okay. So I'm just gonna cast another fireball at that clump right next to 34. So again, Elder Scarlet in Fire just blossoms in the midst of the zombies. Another 15 zombies are obliterated over here, and you've done a pretty good job of clearing this little section of wall here, so there are no zombies to retaliate against the troops this turn. Can I move towards, like, the diagonal side? Yes, I'll say with your movement this turn, and then your movement for next turn as well, that will get you into position on that section. Cool, cool. I'll do that then. So Varus drops another bomb, and as zombie bits are still like falling from the sky, he begins trotting south along the wall towards the, the gate section and where Thorina and Element are. Speaking of Element, you are up. I want to heal troops. Can I do that? Uh-huh. Okay. Do I do it to everybody, or just the only ones around me? Yeah, only the ones on the same section of wall as you. So there's only one down in your group. Mm. Just guessing that you're thinking about Malkin's group, you could take your turn, like your movement and a dash action, and that would get you to that section of wall, and then next turn, you'd be there to heal them. Could I redirect some troops over to there? Yeah, yeah, you can do that. Okay, I'll break off... Uh, three of mine and I'll have them go over there. I figure I can afford at least three. Okay, so three of the soldiers set off running. That is your bonus action. Did you want to do something else? Yeah, can I direct their fire then? The six that I have? Sixteen. That gives you six leadership points. Go ahead and roll their attack. Five. And five fails for the zombies, so that thins that group out considerably. The remaining zombies in the area retaliate for seven hits. Go ahead and roll the saves for the soldiers. Three don't save. So the three are pulled down by the undead. And waves of zombies continue to pour into this area, beginning to fill in some of those nice holes um, and cleared spaces that you all have worked so hard on. At the top of the round, from somewhere deep within the heart of this horde, a streak of crimson fire leaps into the air, arcing high above the horde and the keep to come crashing down onto the weapon stores. The fireball doesn't do significant damage to the structure just from hitting it, but the building is now beginning to burn. If nothing has been done about that by the end of this turn, it will essentially have done some damage to Brightmoon's abilities to fight back here. 
which translates to me having a number of penalties I'll be able to impose on you all as you try to kill zombies going forward. Aramil, you're up. Somebody else take care of that. I am going to... I'm going to go into the fray myself, and I'm going to use Sharpshooter. Roll it up. 28, 20, 15. Oh, yeah. It's like shooting zombie fish in a barrel. Because that's kind of like what it is, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's find out your damage. So 28 damage on the first one, 23 damage on the second one, 24 damage on the third one. So it'd be 75. All right. So we got like a real nice hero moment here. Aramil stepping forward, maybe putting like a foot up on one of the crenels, and then just unloading into this horde. Each arrow is a dead center headshot, and you end up felling as many zombies in one go as an entire unit of soldiers did. And then the nearby zombies retaliate against you and the unit. That is 16 hits. And so then in this case, if you wanted to use your armor class to help defend the soldiers, you can do that. Okay, so I have my AC is 19, so I can take three of them. I'll take three of them. Okay. So that's one successful hit on you for 11 damage. Then go ahead and roll the saves for the other 13. Holy shit. (laughs) Oh wow. Only two don't save. So there are still six soldiers up there with you. Alright, I'm going to action surge and attack again. Three times. So this is definitely a hero moment then. I'll use sharpshooter again. So those hits will be 15, 23, and 26. Good hits. The damage will be 25, 26, 27. Which is... 78. Nice. Another just avalanche of arrows. And you've cleared a nice little hole for yourself. And I'll yell, some people out there fire. Thrina, you're next. Would Diggy be able to put the fire out using the water from the pocket dimension? Oh. Yeah, no, I, I like that idea a lot. I mean, I think I'm obligated by the rules to say... You can try. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to do that. Okay. With your ring of jumping, getting down there is no problem at all. And then you just want Diggy to basically shoot some water out on the fire, put it out. Okay. I don't think I'm even going to make you roll for that. (laughs) Just make a note that Diggy has significantly less water in the pocket dimension now. How do I replenish that water? By pouring water into it. Oh, really? Yeah, it's essentially just a room filled with water. I'll be at a room that the door to it is an amulet instead of an actual door, but still, like, inside it's basically just a water-filled room. Okay. Meanwhile, back on the wall where Therina just came from, the soldiers and the zombies are fighting. The soldiers take down six zombies but lose four of their own number. Oh my gosh. So, Malkin. There's some smoke curling up behind you from where three that just put out the fire in the weapons store. There are three soldiers on the wall with you right now. You can see three more running their way toward you. They're going to arrive by the end of the turn. And there are roughly 25 zombies or so in the general area of your section of the wall. So, since like my rallying them didn't work out, I figure, like, 
maybe if I sh if I show them that I I'm gonna fight too, that that might help. So I'm going to wade into the fight, okay, and try to um, hit some zombies with my blade knuckles. Before we get to the attacks, go ahead and roll dexterity for me. 25. Okay, so since we're kind of using horde-type rules here, I'm going to say with that roll, you are fast enough and accurate enough to hit the vitals on multiple targets, essentially giving you the your sneak attack for this. So, roll to hit. 22. And then damage. That's 32. Nice. So you are essentially just this little flurry of blades running up and down the parapet and that section of the wall, pitching, weaving, slashing, stabbing. You do a really nice job of thinning out the herd there. However, there are still a significant number, and they are going to engage with the soldiers. The soldiers... Kill one zombie, then the zombies. So there are nine hits coming at this group. With your AC, you can block three of them if you want to. Okay. So you dodge out of the way of one of the grasping hands, but two of the attacks do hit you for 16 damage. Then go ahead and roll the saves for the soldiers. Okay, so the zombies are battering these soldiers, and just one of those clawed, webbed hands gets through and pulls a soldier down. And then at the end of your turn, the three that Element sent you show up, and you are back up to five soldiers at that section of the wall. Okay. At various points around the walls, we see flashes of divine light from the seven paladins. A few of them are smiting into clusters of zombies. Their weapons glow with holy might. Five fewer zombies from the northwest wall, the southeast wall, and the gate area. And the rest of the paladins are healing some of the injured, so they bring four soldiers back into the fight for you. Varus, you've made it to the southwest section of the wall. There are ten zombies in range of being immediate concerns. And then there are eight soldiers on that section with you. Well, actually, me, I'm going to cast a magic missile at second level. Oh, yeah, with your life song bonus, that uh, might be a nice bit of damage for you. 23. So, streaks of blue magic go flying from your hand. And you take out a couple of the zombies there. Then go ahead and roll the soldier's attack. Boom. Three hits. The zombies fail all three. The remaining zombies retaliate. So that's nine hits on the soldiers. Uh, you said it was nine, right? Mm -hmm. I'll take it, and I'll also reaction cast shield. That wants my armor to 21. Okay, so you can take four of the hits. And all four bounce harmlessly off your shield. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what all that looks like? All right, so like I kind of approach the wall and uh, just kind of summon uh, like what looks like floating stars. And they all rush down and slammed into the zombies, and then right as soon as that happens and the troops attack, I kind of wave my hand and a, uh, a barrier kind of appeared as they 
We're splitting it up at it. Nice. And the rest of the soldiers made their saves, so we are back to Element. Uh, how are how are how's everybody looking? The soldiers around you just kind of grunt and keep fighting. Are there a lot that are hurt around me? Just one. Been pretty bad in my section of the wall, so I'm going to cast Flame Strike. Thirty-three damage. And some of that is radiant, right? Yeah. Okay, I don't need to know the breakdown, because uh, it's also AoE, which is going to do just a massive amount of damage down here. So, go ahead and tell me what that looks like, but you're essentially ob- obliterating the zombies on this entire square here. Kind of seeing that it's getting like really bad right on the front of the gate. With my sword hand, I'll um, raise it up to my face and whisper a prayer, and as it, that prayer ends, like a fire tornado uh, raining down on the zombies. And when it clears, there's just a 20-foot circle of charred earth with not a zombie piece to be seen. Back at the top with Aramo. All right, I'm going to attack again. Roll it up. It's a 19. It's critical for me. That's another 19. It's another critical. A 9, which is a monster to 20. Okay, so the criticals are 3d8. Right, because of Isarendo. Okay, so 34 for the first one. 29. The second one, and it's 22 for the third one. So only 85 damage in one go. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the old Aramel special and Arrow Barrage finishes off these two clusters. Go ahead and roll for the soldiers. That looks like four hits. Okay. Zombies save none of them. There are still quite a few zombies around the tower where you are, so they get 12 hits. Yep, I'll take three of them. You are able to easily dodge all three of them. Then go ahead and roll for the soldier's saves. That is eight saves, so only one of the soldiers gets eaten. So you are down to five soldiers up there. Having killed so many so quickly, and because of your vantage atop the tower, Aramel, you are the first to spot them. In the distance, near what you hope is the edge of this horde, there are flashes of yellow amid the sea of gray flesh and burbling creatures. Without taking at least some effort or time to try to get a closer look, It's hard to tell if this yellow is magic, or robed figures, or both. Whatever they are, they seem to be what is driving the horde. Okay. The rest of you will see them in short order, but in the meantime, it is Thorianster. You are down near the weapon stores. There's a few little bits of smoldering uh, still on the building, but it is safe from the fire because of you. What would you like to do? Okay, I'll come back up. And do you want to direct their fire? Yes. That's 24. That'll give you nine leadership points. Roll their attack. Four. You made it. Oh, wait, uh, that's what's mine. Oh, I know it's these hats, so... 
Okay, you can bump all of them up to hits and still have four points left. That's fine. The zombies only save against one of those attacks, so that will wipe out that group. The rest of the zombies along that section of wall are going to attack. That is 13 hits. Go ahead and roll their save. Oof. Okay. With your points, you can save four of the soldiers. Yeah. Okay. Tell us a little bit of how you save those four. By yelling at them to get out of the way. Okay. And I think you are particularly adept at shouting, given your sailor background and the need to communicate on ship. Woohoo! That brings us to Malkin. Nothing's on fire anymore, right? Correct. Uh, I want to wade into the fight again. It seemed like it worked okay the last time. Sure. Roll dexterity again to check if you get your sneak attack. Can I use the left point? Uh, 20. You are nailing it again. So I just rolled the other side. 40. Nice. So you go hacking and slashing. And you clear out that cluster. Go ahead and do the soldiers. That is four hits. The zombies only save one of them, but this was a relatively untouched cluster, so they are going to hit back with five hits. I would love to take three of those hits. As you are dancing and stabbing among them, you can't quite get out of the way of a few of their, their swipes. You're going to take 11 damage. That leaves just three for you to try to save. Only one of them does, so that brings you back to three soldiers with you on this part of the wall. The paladins do their thing, clearing a few zombies from near where they are on the walls, and then bringing four more soldiers back. Brings us back to Varus. Over, like, the radio thing that we have, kind of shouting, everybody good? Is there anywhere that I need to be right now to help clear a mass out? How are we looking on the corner? I've cleared out more than anybody, so I give him a thumbs up. <laughs> and I make sure everybody knows that. Have we heard any word from the troops about any parts of the wall that are getting hit pretty bad or anything? Sure, they can They can have been giving updates if you want. Right now, the southwest tower is probably the biggest concern. The soldiers have actually held up very well, considering... Uh, but that is definitely one of the largest concentrations of, of zombies actually up against the walls right now. Uh, can I head over there? Yes, yeah, so that would take your movement and a dash action. Well, I'll do it then, because I mean, if, we need, if we're needing it there, then that's what we'll need it. Oh boy, uh, it is bad over here. Oh boy. <laughs> Hello, man, you're up. Yeah, I want to direct my troops to fire more southwest towards that large band group there. Alright, roll that up. Uh, 16. That'll give you six leadership points you can use. Then go ahead and roll six d6 for your soldiers. That's only one hit, so did you want to add your points to that or save them for the defense? Now I'll add it to the attack. 
so five points will give you three more hits for a total of four hits. Then you'll still have one point left. Alright, I'll do that. Two of them fail, so two more zombies go down. There are still a lot of zombies at the gate there. That is the end of the round, so as you are making up the top of the Tower of Eris, you see four of the soldiers up there are killed. No! That leaves four up there with you, and on the section of the walls where the five of you are not, a few more soldiers are overwhelmed or killed. The soldiers are fighting bravely, giving as good as they get. Those that go down take two or three down with them before they go. But at the walls, they're easily still outnumbered four or five to one. And not all the zombies in the horde are up against the keep yet. More are still pressing in. If there is any kind of silver lining or any kind of hope in this situation, it is that you can now for sure see the end of the horde. But this is also that moment in the battle scene where we see the heroes, some of them wounded and bleeding, spattered in grayish-green ichor, breathing heavy amid the bodies of fallen soldiers and zombies. After cutting to each of you, we pull out and see the remainder of the zombie swarm crushing in on the keep. The end is in sight, but the fight is far from over. Back at the top with Aramil. I'm pretty sure you know exactly what I'm going to do. Alright, here's my three attack rolls. 19, and 14, and 23. Damage. 22, 21, 25. You do also have some new abilities on Surrendo. I don't, don't let me tell you how to live your life, but and it's new, so just a reminder that's an option. No, I knew about the hammer shot. The penetrating shot doesn't really do me any good since I'm already shooting into a crowd anyway. It would be a little bit different than the normal combat usage of it, but I would definitely give you some bonuses if you wanted to do that, uh, especially the penetrating shot, because you are shooting into a crowd, so it could just keep going through zombie after zombie after zombie. Okay, then yeah, I'll use the penetrating shot. You start off with your Legolas-style like rapid-fire shooting, downing just zombie after zombie. You take out four that way. And then you pull back an arrow, and you feel Isurandil resonating in your hand, almost like it's eager. The arrow begins to glow softly with a golden light, reminiscent of the life song. When you release, the arrow sings from the Crucius. For just a moment, a single golden ray extends from your bow all the way to the ground, piercing through every zombie on its way. When the light fades, at least 15 zombies fall off the tower and don't get up. Nice. Roll for your troops attack. They hit three times. That's uh, three zombie saves. The zombies are going to retaliate. That is 16 hits. I'll take three of them. You're going to take damage from one of the zombies for 13. Then roll the saves for the soldiers. Six. So the bad news is that kills off the rest of the soldiers up there. And the last hit actually bleeds over onto you for 14 damage. And I know I said bad news as if I was going to follow that up with good news, but in this case there is no good news. Because you are now alone on top of the tower surrounded by zombies. Damn right I am. 
so back toward the gate with Lorena. You have cleared this area several times, but the zombies have again pressed forward, and there are as many zombies as there ever were. Um, can I just attack them? Yep. First damage, 23. Second damage was 27. You wade in, hammer swinging back and forth, crushing zombies. You take out five, which finishes off this cluster here. And then the rest of the zombies crush forward and retaliate. Don't make that noise. It's terrifying. That's going to be 15 hits. Are you going to block any of those? Yep. Only one of them is going to hit you, and that's going to be a whopping four points of damage. Oh, no. Then go ahead and roll the soldiers' saves. So you saved all but three of them, which means it is now just you and one soldier atop the wall defending the gate. I'll take it. Back to Malkin. There are just a couple soldiers left up there with you, and the three of you are surrounded by about 20 zombies. I wish I could shoot fire or some shit like that. Well, I know we've mostly been sticking to these kind of mass combat rules I made up, but definitely feel free to use stuff in your inventory or if there's something in the environment that you want to try to make use of. Like, are there things on the wall? Are there, like, boxes and stuff? Or I don't see why not. What do you What do you think? Lay it out for me. You know, I tried to rally them. Instead, I, like, joined them in the fight. So at this point, I feel like, you know, I just knocked, like, a couple zombies over with my last, like, blows for my blade knuckles and I see the the horde of them or whatever continuing to like kind of climb up the wall and I see you know the big trough that's sitting there and I just and I point at it and then I feel like I also helped them push it as well we all kind of pushed it over the edge to try to knock down the ones that were climbing yeah I dig that go ahead and roll that as a director fire and I'll just count it as AOE because that'll hit a group of them 23. That's 9 points. Roll 3d6 for your troops attack. 2. I'm guessing you're going to use a point to knock that third one up to a hit. I would love to do that. Zombies fail all three. So I'm going to say that trough takes out six of them as it crashes to the ground. The remaining zombies retaliate. So you're going to need to roll 10 armor saves for the soldiers. It looks like with the rest of your points, you can save all of them. Yeah, all of them. That brings us to Varus. You are up in the southwest tower. There are four soldiers up there with you, and a heliton of zombies are climbing the wall. All right, I'm just going to kind of shout out over the radio to everybody and be like, hey, um, there's a lot of things over here. Get ready to, if you can, if you want to, shoot them. <laughs> and I'm going to say, pool, and I'm going to cast my seventh level, highest level spell, Reverse gravity. Oh, damn. Okay. Yeah. That's a 50-foot radius. That's a lot of zombies. Okay. Is this a, you want to pop them up in the air so they're easier to hit, or you want to kind of throw them up in the air, let the spell lapse, and just let them fall and splatter? Uh, uh, can I do that? Yeah, it's a concentration spell, so you can cast it. They're going to go all the way up to the 100-foot ceiling of that spell, and then you just drop the spell, and they drop 100 feet. Yeah, why not? <laughs> so go ahead and roll damage for that. That'll be 10d6. Damn! 39. And that's more than double the surface area of a fireball. So I'm going to say you gather your Elder Starlight magic. 
And at first the zombies start to kind of float very gently, almost like they're in water. And then they suddenly go shooting up into the sky. I would say it's roughly about, you know, hard to say in the moment, but you think it's probably about, give or take, 40 zombies. And they hit that apex, and they stop going up. You drop the spell, and they plummet back down 100 feet to splatter on the ground like a bunch of rotten melons. <laughs> I just laughed the whole time. <laughs> How many did you kill Rambo? Alright, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, cool, bud. Oh yeah, you two should totally be having a contest right now. That'll bring us to Alman. I'm gonna heal some people. There's a move here where you can use your medicine score, and that's like using bandages to get people patched back up, or you obviously have your healing magic. I'm going to heal, yeah, and I'm okay. going to do a thing. Could I bonus action use one of the charges on my sword to max heal? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to cast a 5th level mass cure wound, uh, 3d8 plus 4, so that's... That is plenty enough to bring those three back and bring your little group back to full strength. The light of Tempest kind of emanates out from you. And all the soldiers around you, their wounds knit and heal up. Um, even the ones that were still standing, with some of the scratches and scrapes they've got. Uh, and the three that were down, kind of out of the fight, stand right back up and are and are ready to get right back into the fight. So go ahead and roll 76 for their attacks. Not too bad. Five hits is great. Only one zombie saved, so the other four go down. However, there's still a lot of them around you, so... They're going to land 13 hits. Oh, wow. Okay. That's a lot of hits. Okay. Oof. Yeah, oof is right. That is six fails, so all but one of the soldiers, including the ones you just healed, are taken down. Jesus. At the top of the round, another ball of fire comes arcing up out of the the back of the zombie horde and it comes crashing down against the front wall right next to the gate where it hits the fire seems to stick to the stone walls and begin to burn as the flames lick upward they too are beginning to kind of set the stone on fire with this clearly magical flames and if it's still on fire at the end of the round, it's going to start damaging the wall. So that brings us back to Aramil. A surge of zombies at the top of the tower just wiped out the soldiers that were up there with you. So it is just you and a bunch of zombies. I think you know what I'm going to do. 17, 14, 27. They all hit. 28, 25, 21. So 74. So again, it's just you on top of this tower, like rapid fire, shooting these zombies down. Uh, you take out seven of them. But you are alone, and there are so many of them that they do eventually surge forward to attack. Oh, shit. And these are ranged attacks, right? There are probably some spears in there, yeah. So I can use my deflect missile? Oh, yeah. That, go ahead and roll that. It subtracts 23 damage from whatever it is. That's going to be very helpful to you. The zombies surround and start clawing and scratching, biting, just tearing into you. You're going to take 52 damage. 
Is there anything else you'd like to do this turn? I'll move towards Malky. I'm going to say that some of the damage you took was from, like, trying to break away from them and just running from the top of the tower, making your way down toward where Malkin is on the wall below. Malkin, I need help. (laughs) Back at the gate with Tharina, you have a single soldier on the wall with you, and below you, outside the keep, the wall is beginning to burn. The flames haven't quite reached high enough to where that you can see them, but it's, you know that it's not, the wall's on fire. Okay, well, there's no way that I can do anything about that fire. Quick question. Is Therina afraid of fire? Uh, I don't feel like she would be. Just wondering, you know, if, say, fire started licking up the side, if that would bother her. But don't worry about that. That probably won't happen. (laughs) But I will keep fighting. So, since my attacks are known, I'll just go ahead and start damage. 26 for one, 23 for the second. The silver lining about the wall being on fire is that the zombies are avoiding that section. They are, however, still going around it. There's some that were already up on the wall. You are just waiting in, again, just swinging your hammer back and forth, just slamming zombie heads, knocking them down. So you take down five, and actually will wipe out this cluster here. There are still a lot of zombies here, so... Uh, that was a pretty bad roll. You're, uh, that's only seven hits. Woohoo! You don't have to, but you can take up to three of those hits if you would like. Yeah. Only two of them hit you for a total of eight damage. Okay. Then roll six d6s for the soldiers. Saved all but two, which means your friend dies. Bye. And that extra hit goes on you for six damage. And that leaves Therina alone on the wall above the gates. Back on the eastern side of the castle with Malkin. Caramel just came running out of the tower, looking worse for wear. What would you like to do? Well, Malkin greets Aramel. Uh, he's probably actually a little bit excited. I'm happy just because I only have three guys fighting with me now. So, so I feel like at this point, I'm going to go back to the wade into the fight and use my knuckle blades to beat the crap out of some zombies. I don't think you need to roll this time but to see if you get your sneak attack. Just take it. So just go ahead and roll the damage for it. 39. So you, yeah, you definitely wade in there. Uh, punching with the blades on those knuckles, slashing with the daggers on the bottom, stabbing and punching and slashing, and you take out four of them. Zombies are going to retaliate. Seven hits on the soldiers. Go ahead and roll for that. So four fails means the rest of the soldiers die, and you're going to take one hit for nine damage. So Malkin and Aramil are alone on the southeast section of the wall. Back to Varus on the southwest tower. You just turned a ton of zombies into mush. What would you like to do? I'm going to see if I can command either the troops with me or if I can have the, the northern guard come reinforce the southeast side. I'm going to send one guard down the, uh, the west wall towards the north and make his way around, and then I'm going to send the other three to the east tower. Okay. And then I'm going to be by myself on my tower, and I'm going to use the reverse gravity that I have to take out another chunk. Okay, go ahead and roll your damage. Uh, 40. Your magic flares again. And there's just a moment before another 30 or so zombies go flying up past you. They fall up and up and up, and then stop, and fall down and down and down, and then... 
There are maybe a couple of stragglers from that group who aren't completely wiped out, but you've essentially cleared that section of uh, around the tower. Boom. Probably those troops are moving quick. They are not lollygagging, that's for sure. That brings us to Element. <clears throat> yeah, I'm going to do the same thing I did last time. The exact same thing. So, bonus action to uh, use a charge, action to heal, 38 hit points. Okay. That red light starts emanating from the wounds on the soldiers around you. And six of them get back on their feet. But there's no time for them to rest or really either gather themselves too much before they have to be fighting again. Go ahead and roll for their attack. All but one. So, Zombie's going to try to make six saves. The newly healed soldiers press forward and take down four of the zombies. In turn... The zombies are going to land 11 hits on the soldiers. Jesus. Shit. Yeah. Hey, look at that. Yeah, see, only one failed. Several decent-sized sections around the keep are mostly clear of zombies now, though there are still a few places where they are dangerously thick. Acrid black smoke is starting to rise from the fire on the southern wall. The remaining zombies still lurching toward the keep don't seem so insurmountable anymore. And then... You hear a sound echoing across the battlefield. Then, there is a crash from a ruined building at the edge of the ring of open ground around the keep. Then there is another, as what's left of a two-story inn collapses. Amid the cloud of dust, a figure emerges. At first, it looks almost like a gorilla the size of a house. Then a long neck raises an angular head. Two massive wings rapidly unfurl, flinging the dust aside. Like the undead still crawling up the castle walls, big chunks of flesh are missing from the creature. Holes and tears speckle across its bat-like wings. One of its eye sockets is empty and bare to the bone. The other eye burns with hate that you can see even at this distance. Then... The red dragon roars. say like uh guys do you think they have any like sweet mini games here or anything Ooh, like what like mario kart <laughs> oh, dude. i used to play that growing up and and uh in rifton man just gotta watch out for them bananas you know i tried to think of a funny like improv thing on mario kart and i just couldn't couldn't come up with anything <laughs> what what did vera say <laughs> said are you making fun of me Oh, 
Because he's missing. He said we could use more arms. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Are you wearing long sleeves? Yeah. A thousand degrees here. It's like forty here. Oh man. (laughs) I'm excited for that. That's awesome. (laughs) You must be. You must have such a ridiculous setup tracking all this shit. It is. It is. <laughs> it seemed like a, such a good idea <laughs> at the time, but no, I think I think I think we're I think we're doing okay. So I'm getting out um, of it now. But. I did not think this part through well enough. This is a lot of fucking. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of fucking. That's all I heard. <laughs> <laughs> this. Are you using, like, a dice rolling app? Um, no. I've got a... I randomly generated, like, a thousand D6 and just have them in tables. And so I'm just gotcha. kind of highlighting. And then um, I've actually got a set up for, like, the soldiers attack at a different rate than they armor save, and they attack at a different rate than the, the zombies. All right, so back to the top. And I realized that I... Had already screwed up. Um, so you fucked us, is what you're saying? So um, start over. No, I just start the whole campaign over. <laughs> Damn, okay, so you guys just graduated from the Cerulean Sun. Yeah, <laughs> sun's back. Remember when I was a quarterman? <laughs> I do. I do. Are you fucking serious? Twenty attacks. Yeah, each each little zombie is five. God damn. <laughs> so that's what, 20 saves I gotta make, right? No, only 11 hit. Oh, only 11 hit? So okay. So 11 d6. Just a reminder, there is also healing options to bring some of the troops back into the fight. Um, <laughs> since I'm just saying. <laughs> You're right. Well, I let like seven other people die. It's fine. <laughs> You've let nine people die. Oh, right, right whatever. Around, by the way, these, but, are, um, these are friends. These aren't like. <laughs> I traded Malkin for a pet, so. <laughs> I, I really, yeah. That is true. 